Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Open our ears, Lord. Open our hearts to receive, Lord. Open up our ears to hear your voice today. Change our life. Change us today, Lord Jesus. Make us more like you today, Lord, in your presence, in your word, Lord. Change us and transform us today. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Ezekiel. We're going to pick up where we left off last week, going through the wilderness journey. There's power in your wilderness. There's blessing in your wilderness. There's breakthrough in your wilderness. There's provision in your wilderness. You will face a wilderness. If you're not there right now, if you're not in the wilderness journey right now, you will face one. There will be a season of wilderness. We defined last week that the wilderness is the uncultivated, uninhabited, inhospitable region. The neglected or abandoned areas. It's the areas along your journey in life where you feel like it's abandoned. No one knows. No one cares. No one understands. You feel alone. Maybe you feel trapped. But it's in those places that God shows up in unprecedented ways. It's in those seasons of wilderness journey where God shows up in your life. And and you learn about Him. You see Him in ways that you've never seen Him before. You experience His goodness in ways that you've never experienced before. You taste of intimacy with Him like you've never seen, never experienced before. So those wilderness journeys become pivotal moments in our life. Jesus, we looked at last week, Jesus, after his water baptism, what, a, what an amazing church service, what an amazing day it was when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. I mean, the heavens opened up and God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. I mean, it was an incredible day, an incredible moment when Jesus And the Lamb of God who was slain, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world, was recognized publicly by His heavenly Father. And very next thing that happens is that He's driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Right after this incredible moment... I said last week, and it's still true, I'll say it again, nobody ever told me that, oh, you're going to get born again, and the very next thing you're going to face is a hard season. You're going to get born again, nobody tells you you're going to face hard times, hard seasons, but when you do, there are moments where God wants to show up in your life. The Holy Spirit drove or led Jesus out into the wilderness where he was tempted, and who he was, the very essence of who he was the word of God made manifest manifested in his wilderness journey who you are always comes out in the wilderness in the hard places when the pressure comes when the testing comes who you are really comes out in those moments And that's what happened with Jesus. He was out in the middle of the wilderness. And who he really was, he was the word manifest. He was the word of God in person, in bodily form. And he said, it is written. Every time the enemy came against him with with a lie, he said, it is written. For you and I, it's it's a pattern. It's a lifestyle that we're to follow in our own lives, in our own journey. When you find yourself in the wilderness, you can say, just like Jesus did, it is written. And so we've been looking at what does the Word of God say about your wilderness journey? When, what can you say when you're facing the hard place, the difficult season, when you're feeling like a band, you're abandoned and no one knows, when you feel like you're in the un, uninhabited places? What is it that you're going to say? What's going to come out of you in that hard place? And that's what we've been taking a look at. So today we're going to pick up in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 34. If you have your Bibles, Ezekiel 34 and verse 25, it says, I will make a covenant of peace with them 
In your wilderness, listen to this, in your wilderness, he will cause the wild beasts to cease from the land, and you will dwell safely in the wilderness. Tell somebody next to you, you'll, draw, you'll dwell safely. You're going to live in a safe place. You're going to live in a safe place in the, middle, in the middle of the wilderness where the beasts of the field are all around you. They're prowling all around. The Bible says that the devil's like a lion. He's roaring and he's seeking to devour you. But in the middle of your wilderness, when the devil is trying to roar and to seek, he's like a lion. He's like the beast of the field. God says, I will make you live safely. You will dwell safely in the wilderness and you will sleep in the woods. You know, the tendency when you're in the hard place is your sleep is affected. When you're, when you're in distress or tur- turmoil, it's hard to sleep. You have the, the, the taunting of the lie at night. When everything gets quiet and all of the, the events of the day settle down, the tendency is that your mind wants to run rampant with all of the thoughts of the day and the torment of the day and the issues that follow you by day. They show up following you at night. But God says you will live safely and you will sleep. You will sleep. I want to tell somebody this morning that the the torment of your night hour is over. God says you will sleep. Not in church. At night. Not in church, but at night. You'll sleep. You'll lay your head down. And, and instead of being tormented, you'll have dreams of the goodness of the Lord. You'll have dreams about how He's meeting your need. You'll, you'll dream about His mercy. You'll dream about His goodness. You'll hear His voice in your sleep. He'll show you His miracle-working power as you sleep. He'll show you signs and wonders in your dreams. He'll show you what He's going to do in your dreams. I'm, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want just ordinary dreams. I want God kind of dreams. I want to sleep, and I want the Lord to speak to me. I want Him to show up, not just in my daytime, but I want, him to, I want Him to show up in my nighttime. When I lay down, I want His songs to be on my lips. I want His praise to be in my mouth. I want His thoughts to be in my mind. I want His dreams to consume me. You know the Lord, He has dreams for you to dream. And you're in your wilderness, and you're in, in the dark place where you feel like that, that there's no hope, but you might feel despair. Those are the moments where God shows up and gives you dreams that you couldn't dream on your own, things you couldn't see on your own, things, imagination and ideas and creativity that you couldn't come up with on your own. That's our supernatural God. That's the kind of God that we serve. In the middle of despair, He shows up up even in your night hour and speaks to you just like Samuel laying on his bed at night Samuel the little the little boy in the in the Bible and Samuel the prophet Samuel he was just a little boy laying in his bed and God began to call his name in, in your night hour, in the middle of, of, a, of a desperate generation, Samuel found himself in the middle of a desperate generation. And God spoke to this boy in the night hour, Samuel, Eli, the priest, didn't even know the voice of God. Just go back to bed, Samuel. You're just having a nightmare, Samuel. Just forget about it. Go to sleep, Samuel. Leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. But God had shown up in that desperate generation. I don't think... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're in a desperate place. I can tell you we're in a desperate generation. I can tell you that we're in a desperate hour. We need God to show up in this wilderness of a season and the wilderness of our culture. We need God to show up. We need a little boy. We need a little girl. There needs to be somebody who will hear the voice of God in the middle of this darkness in the night hour when nobody else is hearing the voice, when nobody else wants to hear his voice somebody will hear his voice and say God here I am speak to me in your wilderness he'll make you sleep he'll make you hear his voice when nobody else wants to hear it he'll make you hear his voice 
He says that you'll, you'll lay down and sleep. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. He will make you a blessing. He says, I will make you a blessing. When you're, when you're in the wilderness, I don't know if you've ever been out in an uninhabited land in a place that's desolate or barren. There is no fruitfulness to be a blessing. There's no abundance. There's no overflow. You might have just enough to sustain you. And metaphorically, when we're talking spiritually in the desolate place, there's no fruitfulness. There's no abundance. It seems like you couldn't be a blessing even if you wanted to be a blessing. There's nothing to give. I don't know if you've ever been in this place spiritually where you feel dry, you feel drained, you feel like you've given all that you've got. There's nothing left to give. And God says in the middle of that place, I will make you a blessing. I don't know about you, but when I've been in those places, the last thing I feel like is that I could be a blessing. The last thing I feel like is that I have anything to give. But time and time and time again, God shows up and makes me a blessing. When I feel like there's nothing to pour out, when I feel like there's nothing to give, God says he'll make you a blessing. You know, I've, I've talked about a little bit you know, I think it was last year, all the, all the days run together now, but I think it was last year, and I was going through just a difficult season, and there were, there were times in that season I felt like, Lord, I don't have anything to give. I don't want to get up and preach this morning. I don't have anything to get. I've studied, but I don't want to look at those people. I don't want to, I don't, no offense, but I just didn't want to look at you. And I thought, Lord, I don't want to see their frowning faces. They're miserable. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to look at another sad face. I don't want to look at another desperate situation. I don't want to hear another sad sad story. Lord, I have nothing to give. And I would stand up and I would walk and I'd feel like I got nothing and I'd walk up on top of the platform and I'd feel his anointing come. i feel his power come. And there'd be times I would, it'd feel like I was standing here watching myself think, who are you? And then the other person over here would say, this is the presence of the Lord. And then this other person over here would say, you sure didn't feel that when you got up here. This person over here would say, it doesn't matter. He's still faithful. This person, and I'd be standing here preaching right in the middle of it. Sometimes we go through difficult seasons and challenges. No, I am not multi-personality. But, but when the... <laughs> When you see God come and his power come in those moments, you scratch your head and your logical brain says, this doesn't make any sense. And your spiritual man says, oh, it makes perfect sense. He'll make me a blessing in my dry places. He'll make me a blessing in my low place. He'll make me a blessing when I've got nothing. There will be an abundance flowing out of my life. So your wilderness is a place of safety. It's a place of sleep. It's a place of blessing. Hallelujah. And he says, I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. There shall be showers of blessing. Just go sing in the rain. Dance in the rain. I dare you. Just go dancing in the rain of his presence. We read it earlier from Isaiah. The rain of righteousness is pouring down. Yeah, his rain is pouring down all around us. If, you can, if you'll have eyes to see and ears to hear, you can, you can see the showers falling. You can hear the raindrops pitter-patter on the roof. You can, you can see, you can smell the fragrance of his rain. It's all around us. It's all around us. If you have eyes to see, even in your wilderness, even in your dark places, even in the shadow lands, if you just have eyes to see and ears to hear, spiritual sensitivity, it's happening all around us. Right now, if you just, if you just close your eyes and just tune into the spiritual world, it's happening all around us. The outpouring of His presence, the outpouring of the rain of God, the outpouring of His blessing is happening all around Thank you, Lord. He says, I will, the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land and they shall know that I am the Lord 
when I have broken the bands of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who have enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely. Do you, do you notice the theme here? That you'll dwell safely and no one will make them afraid. Right, can I just speak to your fear for a moment? The fear that's taunted you, that fear that's troubled you, the fear that you're not good enough, the fear that you can never break through, the fear that you'll never succeed in what the Lord's called you to do, fear that you'll never be righteous enough or good enough, or fear that the chains will never be broken. Can I just speak to that fear today? And no, yeah, the, the word of the Lord says He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that is true, but I want to speak to it in the nature and the context of the love of God. You see, perfect love, the Bible says, cast out fear. When you step into His love, there is no room for fear. It's like stepping into a room that's filled with light. There's no shadow. There's no room for shadows when you step into a room that's full of light. And today, if you'll step into His love, if you'll step into the security of His love today... There, If you'll step into the security of His love today, there's no fear. He cast out all fear. The fear, that, the fear that you'll always be in the same place. You'll never have... When you step into His love, all of a sudden you see things different. It doesn't mean that the circumstances... The howling of the enemy and the darkness of the wilderness aren't there. They're still there. But you've stepped into another world. You've stepped into a whole other place. All of the things are still out there. The roaring of the lion, the taunting of the enemy, the, 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 the things that people will say. It's all still there. But when you step in to the love of God, He casts out all fear. He repels all fear. He repels all the lies because the goodness and the purity of His light overwhelms the darkness. The purity and the brightness of His shining overwhelms all the shadows. Today, come into the light. Come into the light of His love and let Him dispel all the darkness. It's uncomfortable. I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. And that's okay because I'm going to preach the truth anyway. I'm going to tell you the truth anyway, whether you want to hear it or not, or whether you want to apply it or not, whether you want to listen or not, whether you take it home and do anything with it or not. I'm still going to tell you the truth. Come into the light. You know, the problem with living in the light, the problem with living in the blessing is that you can't live in the darkness anymore. And the, the issue is, is that we want to live in the darkness. Our carnal nature just wants to stay in the shadow. It's easier to believe the lie. It's easier to stick with the fear. It's, e it's comfortable having the fear, having the, having the shadow to run to. It's, it's easier. It's comfortable. It's easier for our flesh to just give in to that. But it takes some sacrifice to live in the light. It takes sacrifice. It takes putting ourselves to death. It... You've got to face that ugly thing and say, I'm going to allow God to dispel this. I, I, I've got to, it's got to run. It's got to run for the hills. That lie, that fear, that torment's got to go. But it means that you've got to face it. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to step into the light. And when, the, when you step into the light, all things are exposed. All things are exposed. When you step into the light of His love, all things become exposed. But it's not for shame or guilt. It's not for shame or despair. But it's for the removal. It's for the healing. It's for the restoration. It's for the blessing. When you're secure in the love of God... When you're secure in His love, in the middle of your wilderness, in the middle of the challenging season, in the middle, middle of the difficult day, when you find yourself secure in His love, well, that side's preaching with me. This side's asleep. Which doesn't say much for the pastors that sit over here and the ministers. <laughs> It's okay, step into the light. 
in Exodus 23. Another wilderness journey. Another wilderness journey. In Exodus 23 and verse 25. Here's the promise of the Lord for your wilderness. He says, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, and the Bugbites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land becomes desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, to uh, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest you make, make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. God says, I will make, I will bless your bread. I will, I will, <laughs> I will bless your bread. And your, so your substance, your resources, I will take sickness away from you. No one will suffer. In your wilderness, in your journey with Christ, in your wilderness, you know, we don't want to suffer. We don't want, you know, we, we've, we try to make suffering go away. God says he wants us to go into the places of suffering. It's in the test. Say, so God wants us to go into a place of suffering? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> I know you don't want to hear that, but yes, he does. People get all frustrated about, well, does God... Does God make bad things happen to good people? You know, how many of you have heard that before? <clears throat> let me let me just read what I read this morning, and I'll just I'll leave it at this. I'll let the Bible speak for itself. Isaiah forty five seven, I form the light and I create darkness. I make peace and I create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Okay, so in the middle. Why are we so afraid to say that our God creates calamity? We don't want it. We, we want our God as a God of peace. Yeah, and he's also a God of justice. Our God is a, he's a kind God. Yeah, the same God that's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. Last I checked, lions aren't always friendly. We don't, we don't, oh, he doesn't, doesn't do this. And the same God that created the whale for Jonah and the storm. And the same God that sat on the mountaintop, the same Jesus that sat on the mountain and watched his disciples row out into the middle of the storm. The same God that saw the sickness and the disease and the depravity of humanity in every situation, in every situation, watch. He says, so that you know that I am the Lord, your God. There is absolutely no trouble, no trial, no circumstance that I can't respond to. Whether it's out in the middle of the storm-tossed boat, whether it's a sickness or a disease, whatever the calamity is, I'm able. I'm able to make you a blessing. I'm able to make a breakthrough. I'm able to bring healing. 
It goes all the way back to the garden. Do you think God was surprised when Adam and Eve sinned? Absolutely not. Do you think that when he created Adam and Eve, he stood there thinking, oh, they're going to be the perfect people, perfect humans, absolutely perfect without any sin or issue ever? Never said that. Matter of fact, the Bible says that before the foundations of the world, there was a plan of redemption. Before he ever created, he knew. Before he ever formed, he knew. He was not taken by surprise or shocked when sin entered the world. And it didn't withhold him from creating. He didn't, he didn't stop or change his mind when he made you and saw all of your issues. And he foreknew all of your problems and all your sin and all your bondage and all your, the things that you said that were hateful and all the questions you've asked of him. and all the que- He didn't stop when you were rebellious. He didn't see you in your rebellion and say, up, oh, Kathy, she's going to be a rebellious one. Let's not make her, let's stop, stop breathing. You know, don't, let's not do that. Let's not go there. No, he saw and he knew and he knew that his grace was more than sufficient for your sin and your depravity. He knew that in the middle of your mess, he was capable and able to redeem, to set free, to deliver, to heal. Carnality of humanity has never stopped our God. And so your wilderness and your barren places will never stop Him. They can't resist His power. They can't resist His goodness. They can't resist His abundance. As a matter of fact, they become the display for His majesty. They become the stage for His glory. If you'll just look around in the middle of your desperate situation, you'll see the glory of God. Just like creation all around us is crying out His glory. It's happening all around us. The world and its depravity is the showcase for the glory of God. You can can look at the depravity of the world and scratch your head and say, is God seeing this? Is God responding? Does He care? Absolutely He does. And He's doing it every moment by moment. If you could just see with spiritual eyes, the glory of God is on display. Right now we see through eyes that are veiled. We see through, a, through this, this veiled dark glass around us as Paul talked about. But there's coming a day where the veil will be entirely, completely, permanently lifted. And we'll see through eyes that see Him clearly. That see His glory clearly. There's coming a day where there'll be no mistaking the glory of God. There'll be no mistaking. Every eye will see. Every eye will see. Both living and the dead will see Him and see His glory. You know, the wonderful thing about this is, you know, our, our eyes, in our natural, we can't. In the natural, we can't always see, but through the eyes of faith, we can see. Through the eyes of the Spirit, through the eyes of God, we can see the beauty of the Lord around us. He says, I'll bless you. Your bread, your water, I'll take away sickness. Another wilderness journey, actually the same wilderness journey, but earlier on in the saga in Exodus 13, the Israelites were leaving Egypt. In Exodus 13, 8, I love this. Actually, let's I'm going to flip over to 14. And the Lord, verse 8 says, The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. 
They left Egypt with boldness. They went on their journey to, to the Red Sea with boldness. What changed? You know the story. They cross the Red Sea. They step into the wilderness. And their boldness all of a sudden changed to murmuring and complaining. We should go back to Egypt, Moses. We had things better in Egypt, Moses. I mean, here we, we're just eating manna all day. And this rock, it keeps following us, providing water. But, and our shoes, they're not wearing out. And our clothes aren't wearing out. And everything that we have need of is taken care of. But, but Moses, we should go back to Egypt. I mean... Murmuring and, murmuring and complaining all along the way. What changed? What they decided to focus on changed. <laughs> See, when you're in the wilderness, you have a choice of where you can focus in. You can focus in on the goodness of God and His provision and His blessing all along the way. Or you can see the wilderness. You can see, why aren't we there yet? Why don't I have the breakthrough yet? Why don't I have the provision yet? Why aren't we there in the promised land yet? You're not in the promised land yet because you're not ready to receive it. You're not in the promised land yet because you haven't yet gotten to the place in your journey where you can walk into it yet. But in the middle of your wilderness journey, God's doing a work in your heart. And you have a choice in that wilderness journey that you can either be like Joshua and Caleb and say, I'm going to get my blessing. God's given me a promise and I'm keeping my eyes set on him. I'm keeping my eyes set on him and his glory. Or you can be like those who murmur and complain and all died off in the wilderness. Every single murmuring, complaining person died in the wilderness. There's a story there. Come on, somebody. There's a story there. Every murmuring, complaining, griping person died in the wilderness. The response that you and I ought to have in the middle of our wilderness, in the middle of the journey, is not murmuring and complaining and griping and fussing. God, why? When are you going to fix it? When are you going to... Lord, I, I behold your glory. Look at your provision. Look at your blessing. Lord, thank you for sustaining me. Thank you for keeping me. I can't wait to get to my promised land. I can't wait to receive all the blessings that you have for me. I, come on, somebody. Spiritual death begins when you murmur and complain and gripe. It does. Spiritual death begins when you start your complaining and your griping on your journey. I heard it, somebody just said it, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Absolutely. So here's, here's something to help you. Everybody say, Pastor, help me. Okay. I'm going to help you. There you go. I'm going to help you. Thanks for asking. I'm going to help you. So here's the reality is that we all... Every single one of us have a tendency to gripe and complain. Every single one of us, by our carnal nature, will find every issue along the way. You could have, you could have Versace shoes and clothes. You could have the best of the best. I'm just pulling out name brands. You could have the best of the best. You could drive a, a, a Lincoln or a Rolls, Rolls Royce or BMW, whatever brand thing you want. You could have a $500,000 million home. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. You'll still find something to gripe about. It still won't be good enough. You could fly around the world in your Cessna jet. It doesn't matter. You could have it all. You'll find something to gripe about that's not good enough. I promise. You want to know how I know? Ask your spouse sitting next to you what you said this morning. You probably griped about something already in the first couple of hours of being awake. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. You probably have found something to complain about already this morning. It's in our nature. It's that carnal, ugly nature. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaking. Is it okay that I'm shining a light this morning? That's my job, is to turn on the light. I'm just turning on a light. 
But they're secure. I said it earlier. There's security in his love. Because here's the deal. Is that when, when you know that you have a problem, then you can actually do something about it. If you'll stop being prideful and arrogant, you'll recognize I have a problem and you need to change. Right? Instead of trying to hide it, instead of trying to put it under a bush, oh no, let, let the light shine. Right? Hide it under a bush. Oh no. Yeah, y'all got it. Kids song. Right? Lord, let it shine. And then what, what happens is, wow, Lord, I have a problem. I'm grumbling and complaining when I ought to be thankful. Lord, help me to have a thankful heart. Lord, help me to have a thankful heart and a grateful heart instead of one of, of grumbling and murmuring. And Lord, help me to be thankful. And then all of a sudden, man, that horrible, ugly person I'm sitting next to all of a sudden isn't quite so horrible and ugly. Lord, thank you for this blessing of mine that's sitting next to me. Thank you, Lord, that, that they're a blessing. Thank you, Lord, that they were designed and created. Don't elbow too hard. Thank you, Lord, that you designed and created them. You'll be amazed at some of the things people say to their pastor. I won't call anyone out. I won't. Some of y'all were like, uh-oh, is he going to say something about me? You'd be surprised at the things people say to their pastor. I mean, I've, I've had some of the, the strangest things said to me at times. I've had some of the strangest things, and I just want to punch the person. I want to murmur and complain and punch them and say, let me, let me tell you, you, you think I'm spiritual. Let me show you how spiritual I really am. Say it again. I'm, you just, not really. I'm not, I'm really not, uh, I'm not. For me to, I talk a big talk, but for me, I'm, I'm, I'm much more the opposite direction. I am an in, introvert internalizer, for sure. I'm much more the other direction than that. I might get mad, but it would take a lot to get me that mad. Yeah, I, I think it, I'd really like to hit them. No. Strangest things. And I have to say to myself, I mean, I might, I might start to vent and complain and say things. I can't believe. Can you believe what they said? And then I, I, say, I say it, and then I hear myself say it. And I'm like, oh, brother, that sounds so horrible. That does not sound like Jesus at all. At some point, I have to come to my senses. Anybody ever been that, there? Am I the only one? At some point, you have to come to your senses and say, this doesn't get me anywhere. This is death. This is death. To say this is death, this is not spiritual life. This isn't certainly not producing life in them. I'm not, I'm not building them up. I'm not edifying them. I just want to punch them. And so every time I see them, I just think about how much I want to punch them. Every time I see them, I just think about how, how much of an idiot they are. Don't they know what they said? Don't they know how dumb they sound? Am I the only one? Or, I don't think about this about any of y'all. I'll repent later for lying. And in those moments, i got to say, self, are you going to keep on complaining? Or are you going to start speaking life? Lord, I thank you for that person. I'm thanking you by faith right now. I don't see it in the natural. I don't see why I should be thankful in the natural right now. But they're your handiwork. I know what your word says. They are your masterpiece. They are quite the masterpiece, Lord. 
You are unique in all of your ways, Lord. You are unique in all of your designs. And I don't understand why you made them the way that you made them. But you made them. You created them. You formed them. You fa- and then you breathe life into them. So you value them. I'm having a hard time valuing them. But you value them. And so, Lord, by faith, I thank you that you made them. And you created them. And you formed them. And somewhere, at some point, I'm going to love them like you love them. I don't know when that's going to happen. But someday, I'm going to love them like you love them. Come on now, I'm telling you the truth, right? You don't have to be super spiritual and have it all together and be perfect. You just got to start the journey. You don't have to be perfect. God never said be perfect. Just be thankful. Just be thankful. And sometimes it might start off thankfulness by faith. Lord, I'm in the middle of this wilderness. James said to count it all joy. I am not very joyful right now. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there are times when I'm not joyful. Wednesday night, I was not joyful. I don't know what was going on Wednesday night. I I was not joyful. There was multiple things that happened before service. I was supposed to teach on the gifts of the Spirit, and there was all these things spinning, and I thought, and then when I got into service, I finally got into service, and there was more things spinning, and so I stepped out of service, and there was more things spinning. I'm like, I do not have the joy of the Lord right now, and I walked back into service, and I got joy. It started off a very natural joy, but I got joy. It's, it started off, I tell you, I saw, I, I, I'll be transparent, I saw David over here dancing. And I thought, Lord, that is the silliest thing I've ever seen. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. But I was determined, I'm not going to be like David's wife. I'm going to, not that David's wife. I prophesy there's a wife. I'm not going to be. David in the Bible. There might be a comparison here. I don't know. But I'm not going to be like Michael. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be like David's wife in the Bible. I am, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> and, it, you know, sometimes it starts very natural. Very carnal. Just kind of like your worship. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like praising. And then you just start off, I'm going to sing this stupid song. (laughs) I love you, Lord. And I want to go to McDonald's. (laughs) And I lift my voice. And this person next to me can't sing. And then all of a sudden, you start, the cranky grumpiness moves you. Oh, this isn't so bad. Jesus, you respond when I'm horrible. You just, you just stay, you always come, Lord, thank you. (laughs) So it might start off very carnal and very bad, but just step in, just, Just start, just start. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the carnal laughing will, will you'll just step into the joy of the Lord by accident. And sometimes, you know, it's good. Just stumble into the joy of the Lord by accident. When you're in the wilderness journey, I can't stay up there. I'm, I'm up out here. When, when you're in the, when you, <laughs> when you're in the wilderness, just stumbling into the joy of the Lord is a great thing. You just, you just, Fall in a hole like Alice in Wonderland. You have no idea how you ended up there. But you fall in a hole of accidental joy. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was in a service one time. I'll tell you a story. I was in a service one time. And I, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting on the front row with the senior pastor. And, and I'm, I'm watching this guy. I thought, this is miserable. I, mean, I don't know who this guy is, but he is miserable. He's supposed to be somebody, but he is miserable. Anybody ever been there? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Not here. 
And I'm sitting there, and the next day, I'm just laughing. I'm like, this is so bad. I just started laughing. It was carnal laughing, but it, it was laughing. Who cares? When I say carnal, it wasn't like, who sinful laughing. It was, it was like, it wasn't the joy of the Lord. It was the joy of Zach, because I was just getting tickled by this crazy preacher. I'm like, what on earth? And the next thing I do, I had crossed over from being annoyed by the preacher to falling down the hole of his joy. I was Alice, again, I said Alice in Wonderland. I fell, found a hole of his joy unexpectedly, found, fell down. In the middle of it, found myself laughing in the joy of the Lord. Sometimes God will use the annoying preacher to get you into a place of joy. <laughs> In the wilderness, count, that's where I was going, count it all joy. I'm going to come back down here now. I'm going to preach myself happy this morning. Whether you go with me or not, I'm going I'm to I'm enjoy my wilderness. I don't know about you, but I'm going to enjoy my wilderness. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. The word there just means, means, it means, <laughs> means to command means to command yourself self and you're probably going to say it in an ugly way just like that because you're in the wilderness and you're not happy and you say self you're going to be happy <laughs> that's what commands yourself to be at a place of joy self you're going to stop complaining you're going to stop murmuring. You're going to stop griping. You're going to stop complaining about the person next to you. And your situation, you're going to be joyful. It does work. Just try it. Self! <laughs> you just got to try it. <laughs> you will be happy. <laughs> And his joy comes. Oh, just like it's his peace, his joy, his love. And it's just not concepts or ideas. They're realities. Self, get out of your stubbornness and get into his joy. Some of you need to do that this morning. And right in your seat. Maybe even silently. Maybe you need to do it out loud. I don't know. Self, you look pretty miserable this morning. <laughs> if you could see what I see, <laughs> you'd understand. <laughs> I'm going to take, take a reverse selfie and put it up for you on the screen so you can see what I see some days. stay on this side of the sanctuary. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to do this. Reverse selfie is a photo. I'm going to take a photo and show you. You know, you know what's really bad? You know, you know you're really bound up and cranky and upset. And, 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 and you know you're really upset. When, when you get mad because people are laughing in church. Or you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, why are they laughing? I can't tell you how many times I've been in church services or prayer meetings or whatever. And, and the joy, God will be moving and, and joy, he's moving. People are laughing and enjoying his presence, praying in the spirit. And, and you know, there's, it never fails. There's always someone. There's always someone. The place, the place could be lit, and there's this one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just step in. Stop being so constipated. 
take a laxative and step in. <laughs> it's okay. In the middle of your wilderness, there's a well. In the middle of your depression, there's a well. In the middle of your dry place, there's a well. And it's called the well of salvation. And Isaiah says you will draw from that well with joy. With joy. With joy. In the middle of your wilderness, I will drink from the fountain of living waters with joy. If your salvation's boring, it ain't salvation. If your salvation's dead, it ain't salvation. If your salvation's dried up, crusty and cranky, it ain't salvation. It's religion. Because salvation is joyful. Jesus is joyful. Worship is joyful. Woo! Glory. Church is joyful. <laughs> And my wilderness is joyful. <laughs> Y'all come on back up here. <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I have I've made people mad this morning. It's okay. I have to remind myself what God told Jeremiah. Don't look at their faces. Don't look at their faces. <laughs> it's what he said in Jeremiah. Go read it. He said, don't look at their faces. <laughs> and I think included in that is, don't look at them. When they get up and leave the church service, <laughs> You just can't look at all that stuff. Because <laughs> you got to focus in on his glory. And then his glory is happy. His glory is joyful. Command yourself to be in a place of joy. <laughs> in the wilderness, there's joy. In the wilderness, there's breakthrough. In the wilderness, there's blessing. In the wilderness, there's protection. In the wilderness, there's safety. In the wilderness, you'll sleep. In the... <laughs> Whew, glory, you should stand this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> If you're if you're uh, if you're in the wilderness place this morning, if you're going in, in if you're in a wilderness, if you're in a wilderness, I just I believe the Lord wants to meet you in an incredible way this morning, and I'm going to ask you to take a bold step and to get out of where you're standing or seated and make your way to the front. Just stand across the front and just as a sign, Lord, I'm stepping forward in the middle of my wilderness. My wilderness is gonna break forth into singing. My wilderness is gonna break forth with shouts of joy. My wilderness is breaking forth this morning with breakthrough. My wilderness is breaking forth this morning. My wilderness is breaking forth this morning. My wilderness, I, just come and stand. Just come and stand.